I just want to start with kind of kind of my statement that comes over top of this sermon today and uh, what I want to start with and, and hopefully mention a couple times but definitely finish with is this. Um, my effectiveness, your effectiveness, will not be measured in days but in depth. Okay, My effectiveness, your effectiveness will not be measured in days but in depth. Now why do we talk about that? Um, we're talking about a guy named Stephen today. Uh, we're going to find out about Stephen as uh, his life, his ministry was cut short. Um, uh, many people look at it and say, what a waste. I mean, this guy, everything he lived for killed him. And, and he was young and, and his days were cut short. And yet, uh, as we see what happens from this guy's life, uh, it's far reaching even to our seats here today and, uh, and just changes the world. And so, um, man, it's important for us to know that as I live my life, as I live my life for God, uh, my effectiveness for God and, and what God does through me is, is never going to be measured in, in the number of days that I had in my life, but in the depth of my relationship with God and the devotedness that I had with him. And so um, in Acts chapter 6, I'm going to read verses uh, 8 through 15. We're going to find um, today uh, and talk about the characteristics of this guy named Stephen. And, and uh, uh, the Bible talks about here in this passage and, and surrounding it that Stephen was full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit. He was full of grace. He was full of power. He was full of wisdom. He was full of courage. And, and uh, as we talk about him today, um, I really want you to focus on what this guy must have been like. I mean, what, what did he look like and, and the impact that he had, uh, God used him to have on the world. And so um, starting with verse 8 of, of Acts chapter 6, And Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. Then some of those who belonged to the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called, and of the Cyrenians and of the Alexandrians and of those of Cilicia and Asia, rose up and disputed with Stephen. But they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. Then they secretly instigated men who said, We have heard him speak blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people and the elders and the scribes, and they came upon him and seized him and brought him before the council. And they set up false witnesses who said, This man never ceases to speak words against this holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and will change the customs that Moses delivered to us. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness. You're good to us, God. Thank you so much for your grace that you pour out on us. Whether we call you Lord or not, you are gracious to us. You give us life. You give us breath. You give us everything that we have. You're good, Father. And we thank you. And we want to adore you, God. We want to know what it means and what it's like to just adore you and 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 treasure you above everything else in our life. We want to know what that's like. We want to live like that. And, and as we see men like Stephen, 
and maybe men or women that we've encountered in our life, people that we know, God, we just want to be like that. And so, God, we pray that you would work in our hearts today through Stephen, work in our hearts, convict us and change us and challenge us and make us into people knowing that we are measured, God, not by our days, but but, but by our depth. We praise you and thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, through whom we can have grace, through whom we can have forgiveness, through whom we can be made righteous in your sight. And we praise you for that in his name. Amen. All right, I want to look at um, these characteristics uh, of, of Stephen today. Um, again, Stephen's a man full of faith. He's a man full of the Holy Spirit. He's a man full of grace. He's a man full of power. He's a man full of wisdom, and he's courageous. And I just want to look at that. I want to look at the life of Stephen and what his characteristics were and, and what that made him like as a person. And so the first thing we're going to talk about is he's full of faith. And if you go up before what we read this, uh, this morning in this passage, in verse 5, um, remember this passage we talked about a few weeks ago. They were choosing men from among them who would serve the widows. And there were qualifications that, that had to be met in these men. And it talks about Stephen in verse 5, and it says, They chose Stephen, a man full of faith. A man full of faith. Now, what does that mean? What does that look like? And, and as we see over these next um, several verses, we're going to look at uh, over the next weeks, um, and I haven't figured out how long it's going to take us to get through chapter 7 yet, but uh, chapter 7, 1 through 51, what we're going to find is that Stephen believed God. And he just didn't believe he existed. He believed that God reigned and ruled over history. Uh, as we look through the things that he teaches and talks to the council about as he's, as he's responding to the council, Stephen believed that God was in control of everything. Everything in history was done and, and happened because of God's hand on it. And not just that, he believed that God was in control of his life, that God reigned over his life. And so he could trust him in faith. He could trust that God is in control. And my life then is, is, is in his hands. I can trust that. If I come before this council, if I come before people who are against me, if I come against whoever, I can trust God because my life, my direction, my steps, my everything are in God's hands. And we're going to see over the next several verses in chapter uh, 7, verses 1 through 51 specifically, that he believed that. He also believed that Jesus was who he said he was, which is not common in this circumstance here. That's why these men are coming against him, because they didn't believe that Jesus was the Son of God. But in, in chapter 7, uh, verse 52, you can turn the page and, and look at it with me. Uh, Stephen's talking, and he says, Which of the prophets did not your fathers persecute? And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one. He's talking about Jesus. Righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered. Go down uh, to verse 55. But he, but he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. He believed that Jesus was everything that he claimed to be, the Son of God. Nothing less that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. And so he believed that full of faith. 
And being full of faith, he could trust God with the concerns of his everyday life. Even coming before these men, uh, which, which is a big deal. I mean, he knows as he's, as he's uh, responding to their um, claims that he's putting his life on the line to stand up for God, to talk for God, to, to um, believe in, in Jesus Christ as the Son of God in this circumstance, and to defend him as that is putting his life on the line. And yet he knows he can trust God because he's full of faith. And he can trust him with his life. I, I read a book this last week. Um, it's called If I Perish. And, and it's a true story about this girl named An Isuk. And, and she is um, uh, a girl who lived in, in uh, the time of World War II. And uh, during that time, uh, Japan had taken over Korea. She's from Korea um, and, and lived in Korea as a girl. And when Japan took over Korea, they set up shrines in Korea. And so that even the Christians anywhere, you had to worship these shrines. And so there were shrines in the Christian churches. There were shrines everywhere. And they had secret police that are in the churches. And, and if, if, if Christians came in and they didn't in church, if they didn't bow to the false gods, they would be arrested and persecuted. Well, this girl on in, in, in this time refused to worship idols. Why? Because she was full of faith. She believed God. She believed God was the true God. And so when God, the true God, the creator of heaven and earth said, don't put any other gods before me. Don't worship an idol. She took that to be serious. And so there's this unbelievable picture at the beginning of this book where uh, at the first of the month, all of these people will be taken up on this hill and there's this huge shrine built up on the hill. And all at once they had to bow and worship this shrine. And so they're all going up. And here's this young school teacher uh, at this Christian school and all of her students watching her and all the other teachers watching her and this mass of people with Christians mixed in and everything. And they make this call and they all bow. And here's one girl standing not bowing to this idol. That's beautiful. I mean, that to me is beautiful. And, and, and the, the, the result of that was she was arrested. She was imprisoned. She was persecuted. She was sentenced to death. And if World War II had not ended when it, had, when it ended, she would have died. She would have been hung because of her faith. That is, I mean, and I encourage you to read the book because, man, it is, it is awesome. And it's, it's a quick read just because you just can't put it down. But um, how can a girl do that? How can a young girl in the midst of all of this evil and hatred and persecution and, and all of these things, how can she stand when everyone else bows? How can that happen? How can Stephen be willing to come before these persecutors these murderers, the, the same ones that murdered Jesus, how can he just come before them and, and just, I just believe God and this is the truth and I'm going to tell you what the truth is no matter what happens to me. Faith. He believed God and it's beautiful. It's just as beautiful in Stephen as it is in this girl from Korea. And it's just as beautiful in people today here, maybe people that you know, as it is in that girl or in Stephen. It's, it's just beautiful when we see people who just believe God. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter. I'm trusting God through this circumstance. Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. Where, where do you get that faith? Where does that faith come from? It comes from God. And Romans 10 says it comes from his word. As I'm in his word, as I'm studying his word, what happens to me? 
I'm getting to know God. I'm finding out more about God. I'm learning more about who He is and what He's like and how He functions in our world and how He reigns over it and how He's in control of all things. And I'm just scratching the surface. I'm just barely, barely scratching the surface of the bigness and the greatness of God. And yet, as I know Him more, I trust Him. It doesn't make me not trust Him. As I learn more about God, as I study His Word and I see how good He is, I just... I trust him more and my faith is increased because of that. And that's what Paul is saying in Romans 10. If I want faith to increase, then I don't avoid God's word. Man, I get into God's word because in his word, I find out who he is and what he's like. And as I find out more about God, I can't help. I can't help but not trust him more. I can't help but believe in him more because he's so good. He's so glorious. He's so great. And so I just, I believe and believe and believe more and more. The next thing that we see about Stephen is he's full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 again. It says, they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. To be full of faith is to trust God, but um, to be full of the Spirit is to obey what he says to do. Now, why do I say that? Because when we're full of the Holy Spirit, we're controlled and directed by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't direct us and control us to do what is against God's will. It controls and directs us to do what he says. And so when I'm when when Stephen here is directed by the Holy Spirit and and Scripture says that, then what we're trusting is that what he did was what God's will was. You know, it it says in... um, Ephesians 5.18, it says, Don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And what it's saying is, rather than being controlled by wine or any other substance, okay, you can put in what it is for you. Whatever's controlling you instead of the Holy Spirit, whatever's directing you, whatever's leading you away from God, whatever it is, don't be controlled by that. Be controlled, be directed, be led by the Holy Spirit. Because when we're full of the Holy Spirit, when we're led by the Holy Spirit, then we're led to God. And we're led to do the things that God has called us to do. And He'll lead us in the right direction. And that's what it says about Stephen. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, we've talked about uh, what the fruit of that is. You remember Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Holy Spirit? And we talked about it a lot, okay? But I want you to think about what Stephen must have been like. Because when Scripture says that Stephen, a man, okay, any, any man who stands up here, we, did, we weren't made differently than Stephen, okay? He's a man. He's flesh and blood. He struggled with sin. All of the things that we struggle with, Stephen, he's a man, okay? And it says he's filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want you to think, what did that look like? Because according to Galatians chapter 5, what that looks like was he was a man who was filled with love. He was loving. He was a man who was filled with joy. He's just joyful. I mean, just there's two, okay? There's a lot more to come, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Don't you already want to be around that guy? I mean, don't you want, that's a guy that you're drawn to. That's, he's just loving, he's joyful, and, and that comes from God. It's from the Holy Spirit, and so it's good. And, and, and it says he's, um, the next thing would be he's, he's full of peace. He's peaceful. He's patient. Because he's filled with the Holy Spirit, he's patient. He's kind. He's good. Stephen's good. He's a good 
man. He's faithful. Faithful to God and faithful to you if you're around him. He's faithful. He's gentle. Do you know gentle people? I do. I know gentle people. I love it. I, I just love gentleness. I, I, I mean, I, I'm not. Okay? If you know me, I'm just not. Like, that's not the first thing you think about Tony. Man, yeah, that guy's gentle. I'm just, I just, my voice irritates myself. Like, you know what I mean? I just don't feel like I come across gentle. And, and, and yet here's Stephen who, in all of this, he's just gentle. And, and like, man, I love that. And, and uh, he's self-controlled. So here's Stephen, who's loving, joyful, peaceful. He's patient. He's kind. He's good. He's faithful. He's gentle. He's self-controlled. I, that's Stephen. That's the characteristics of Stephen, just because of being filled with the Holy Spirit. The next thing it says about him, he's full of grace. He's full of grace. Verse, verse 8, it says, Stephen, full of grace. A result of being full of faith, a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit is graciousness. I'm, I'm gracious towards other people. As I have God in me and as I, as I know God and as I know how gracious God has been to me through Jesus Christ. I mean, he gave his son, had him nailed to the cross. He suffered and died so that his perfect life, Jesus' perfect life, could be credited to me if I would just believe in him. That's grace. And when I realize how gracious God is, then I just, I'm gracious to others. I'm just, I just pour grace out on others because of all that God has poured out on me. It's grace. A person that's full of faith toward God and yielded uh, to the Spirit is going to be gracious towards others. And, and that's evident in Stephen because we look further on in the story. And we're going to jump back and forth a little bit. But, but the end result of this, not to spoil it, okay, if you haven't read ahead, not to spoil it, but Stephen is, is stoned to death. Not the drinking Ephesians 5.18 stoned to death, okay? He's physically, they stone him as a way of killing him. That's the end result of this trial. Now, I want you to imagine, okay, what it would be like to be stoned. All right? They pick up rocks, big rocks, and they throw them at you until you're dead. That's what stoning is. And so here's Stephen, who is just testified about who Christ is, and they begin to pick up these huge rocks rocks and they begin to throw them at his face they throw them at his head they throw them at his body and over and over and over and over and over again until he dies that's what stoning is it's not pretty it's not a it's not a nice way to die but that's what they did and i want you to look at the end of chapter seven and see what stephen's response was in verses 59 and 60 Verse 59 says, And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. How many of us are thinking that, first of all? Jesus, receive my spirit. But then it goes on and says, And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin 
against them. That's grace. That's grace. I mean, just in the midst of absolute suffering, in the midst of absolute pain, in the midst of being hated, hated by these people, and his response is, please, God, don't hold this against them. That's grace. That's what Stephen is like. That's what it means to be full of grace, is that no matter what comes against me, that my response is, God, be gracious. Be gracious. Because my heart and my desire is, is for no one to go to hell. Even if they hate me, even if they persecute me, even if they despise me, that my heart is that they would not suffer eternally for sins. Because Jesus gave them a way out too. Man, is that how I think of others? Is that how I think about other people? Is that how I respond to persecution? Is that how I respond to suffering? Grace. The next thing it says is he's full of power. Verse 8 again. Stephen, full of grace and power, was doing great wonders and signs among the people. It reveals that he's controlled by the Spirit. Acts 1.8 says that power comes from God and from the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1.8, it says, uh, Jesus is talking to the, to the crowd that's there, and it says, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Stephen, outside of the apostles, as far as we know in Scripture, there's, there's a few people who are doing these amazing signs and wonders that the apostles are doing. And we know because it tells us that Stephen is one of those guys. And the reason, the purpose for that was, was absolutely to point people to God, to show people that God is not just a humble king who came and died to forgive their sins. He's also a powerful creator of the universe who's in control of all things, who can change all things, who's, who's just all powerful. And it's, so it's to point people to God and, and God's using Stephen full of power to do these amazing signs and wonders so that people will see, man, God is huge. God is powerful. God is big. And it says Stephen is full of power. It just reveals the Holy Spirit's control over his life. He's not just preaching. He's not just teaching. But God's using him to do these miraculous signs to point to God. Not to point to Stephen. It wasn't about him. It wasn't, it wasn't about what he could do. It's what God was doing through him. He filled him with power through the Holy Spirit. And he's pointing to God. Pointing to God. The next thing, he's full of wisdom. He's full of wisdom. Verse 3, that was one of the, the qualifications to be um, one of the guys that was serving the widows. It said, uh, the apostles told the people, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and, full of, and, and of wisdom. And in verse 10, it says about him, it says, but they could not, as he's, as he's debating with these people, it says, they could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking. So much so that this, this group of people who knew the law, who knew the law, as they're debating with him, they couldn't withstand his wisdom. Why? Because it was wisdom from God. Uh, Proverbs 9.10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. 
If we want wisdom, if we want, if we want to see um, this in our lives, the beginning of that is coming before God and fearing God. That's just the first steps of wisdom, is coming before and acknowledging and knowing that God is God. The second thing, um, Proverbs 2, 6, it says, For the Lord gives wisdom. So all of this, all of these things that we see in, in Stephen's life are things that come from God. God gives wisdom. It goes in, in uh, James 1, verse 5. Now, for any of us who look at Stephen and we're like, man, I want to be able to talk to people that way. I want to be able to debate with people that way, not for, not for the fight or not for the argument, but just if people are coming against God, I just want to direct them to God and to the Scriptures and, and to know what to say so they can see and hear and understand that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. If we want that, James 1, 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. I want again for us to look, look at and think about what does that look like in Stephen. I mean, here's a guy who's full of faith. I mean, just believes in God. He's full of the Holy Spirit, and so we know he's loving and, and he's kind, he's peaceful and patient and all of those things, right? But here he has wisdom he's full of wisdom and and james later on talks about what that looks like and in uh james chapter 3 verses 13 through 17 i'm just going to read it from my notes here but it says who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts do not boast and be false to the truth this is not the wisdom that comes down from above but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. I mean, Stephen, I mean, I just, as you hear about this, I just want to know this guy. I want to be with this guy. I want to come underneath this guy and and learn from him and watch him and hear from him and be taught by him and and all of those things. I just want to be like Stephen. Just a man who's after God. A man who's devoted to God. And and because he's so devoted to God, because his his concern is depth with God, not how many days he's going to live or, or what he's going to accomplish in this life. He's just concerned with God, and this is the fruit that we see in his life. I would want to be around a guy, and maybe you have, maybe you are. Maybe you know someone in your life that's just full of wisdom like that. And these are the, I mean, this is what it looks like in this person's life, and you're just like, man, I just want to be around that person. I just want to learn from that person. I want to be discipled by that, whatever it is, that I just want to be around that person. I don't know about you, but I want to be that person. I want to, I want to live this life. And it goes on, and we're going to talk about that in a second, but it goes on and says he was courageous. We know that he debated those who, who came against him, and, and, and we know from verse 10 that he won the debate, right? They couldn't even withstand his wisdom and the spirit that he's speaking. He won, is what that's saying. And, and uh, I want to read a quote from, from John MacArthur. It says this, that 
that his opponents accused Stephen of blaspheming, blaspheming Moses suggests he was denying the ability of the law to save. It, what that means is he's telling them all of your to-do list, all of the things that you're checking off, all of the works that you're trying to do to get to heaven, it's not going to work. It has to be Jesus. Jesus paid for all of those. He died for all of those. We have to trust in Christ. And forgiveness comes from him. Uh, MacArthur goes on, he says, They charged him with blaspheming God by speaking against the temple. In verse 14, Where God's presence dwelt. That accusation no doubt also reflects Stephen's presentation of Christ as the embodiment of God. In other words, the Old Testament, um, God would dwell in the temple. That's where his glory would be. And, And when Christ came, there was hope for us in that the Holy Spirit, God, would dwell in us as the Holy Spirit came as we believe in Jesus Christ. And so as he's presenting that, to the um, council here, obviously there's going to be hatred towards that because in their minds, no, 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 God dwells in the temple. And what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story of Christ that he's come to wipe away our sins and, and so that God will live and dwell in us, in his Holy Spirit. And verse 12 says they seize him and they bring him before the council. And, and as he's before the council, they make up stories just like they did with Jesus. They take what's true and they twist it. And, and, and in twisting it, make him look guilty of blasphemy. And, and, and so they accuse him. And then we're going to find out what his response is over the next weeks. But I want you to notice uh, this last thing about Stephen. Verse 15, and gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Now, you know, that's only that's only true about one other person in Scripture, Moses. Moses would come off of the mountain and be radiating the reflection of the glory of God. It's only true of one other person. And just God's yes and stamp of approval on Stephen that that his face would radiate his glory. That's what it says. I mean, as they looked at him, they could. He, it was like a face of an angel. Only one other time and and. And, and here's a guy, here's a guy, we're going to find out his life is cut short, but his impact was not. His impact is what I pray for. His impact is what I, I want to see happen in my life. And, and here's what I want to caution you is because we see a list like this where Stephen is full of faith and he's full of the Holy Spirit. And he's full of power and he's full of grace and he's full of wisdom and he's courageous and we look at that and we're like, I got to be that. I got to become that. And so we start working on it. Man, I got to increase my faith and I got to somehow fill myself with the spirit. I got to be more loving and joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and good and, and all of those things. I've got to be faithful. I've got to add these things to my list. I've got to work hard at doing these things. And it doesn't come from that. We're measuring our life in days. It's going to take days and days and days and days and days and days and days for you to ever accomplish these things in your life. It's surrendering to God and realizing that all of these things flow from my depth and relationship with God. That's what Stephen had. Stephen had an absolute passion and love for God. And because of that, because of surrendering himself over to God, then he became a man full of faith. God made him a man full of the Holy Spirit. God made him a man full of power. God made him a man full of grace. God made him a man full of wisdom. 
It's not something that we look at Stephen and we say, oh, okay, you're right, man, I've got to become more like that. I've got to work on that this week. And so I'm going to make a list and I'm going to start working hard at being all of these things. We can't do it, guys. We can't do it. And if you're like me, if you're like me, I read this about Stephen and I'm just like, Lord, please, please, I want that. I want to be that man. I want to be that person who, who changes the world, not me, but you. That as you live through me, as you work through me, that as I encounter people, that, that they're just changed because of you and because of your hand and your working and your Holy Spirit that's living through me. God, I want that. And what I know and what I'm finding is, is all of this is going to be an overflow of my time with God. All of this is going to be an absolute expression of the depth that I have with God. Because my, my, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's right here. My effectiveness, man, my effectiveness in this world is not going to be measured in days. It's not going to be measured in what I accomplish. It's not going to be measured in the things that I've checked off. There's not going to be a list next to my coffin that you can flip through and see, okay, well, he checked this off, he checked this off, he got this, okay, he did this, and, and it's not going to be that. It's going to be depth with God. That's what's going to make a difference. That's, that's what's going to shape my character. That's what's going to make me more or less like Stephen. That's what's going to do it. And if I want that, and if I desire that, and I do, I know many of you are sitting there right now and just thinking, I want to be that. I want to be like Stephen. I want God to use me like he used Stephen. I want someone to look at me and say, that, that woman or that man is full of faith. I want someone to look at me and say, that woman or that man is full of the Holy Spirit. But I want you to know that it's not going to come from you making a list today and just checking it off. It's absolutely going to, absolutely going to come when we fall on our faces and say, God, it's all you and if i don't have depth with you i'll never have any of this i'll never be what you've called me to be i'll never be what you've designed me to be i just won't be that man my prayer my prayer for me today my prayer for you today is that you would seek god not that you would seek this but that you would seek god and allow him to shape you and make you into the man or the woman of character that he longs for you to be and longs to use you in this world as. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your goodness and thank you so much for not just giving us one example. You've given us so many. You've given us so many in Scripture, men of character and, and, and passion and love for you, devoted to you, men and women throughout um, history, not just in the pages of your word, people that we see living today who are just so devoted to you and the depth of them is so deep in you. And we don't know how long they'll live. Many of them, their lives will be cut short, just like Stephen's was. And yet you will be pleased. You will be honored. You will be worshipped. You will be glorified. Father God, help us to truly long for this character. Help us to long to be what you have designed us to be. Men and women who bring you glory. 
And then, God, work in our hearts so that we know without a doubt that you are God, you are good, and that we are in desperate need of you so that we don't have to come to you every day. So we long to, Lord. So that we don't have to treasure you above all things, but that we long to, Lord. So that we don't have to be loving people. So that we don't have to be full of grace and all of these things, God. But we long to be because we long for you. Jesus, work in us. Father, stir in us and do what only you can do. Make us more like your son, Jesus. Holy Spirit, work in our hearts. Convict us of sin. Help us to focus on you and not ourselves and not our own desires, not our plans for our life. Not what we want, God, but what you want. And be glorified through it all. We praise you and we thank you. Because this is not a fictional tale about a man. It's what you did in the life of a normal person who gave their life to you. And it's what you do today in normal people who give their lives to you. We pray for that in Jesus name. Amen.